This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn here on this Friday. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Our producer Cameron Parker alongside. And ask Cameron about his experience calling uh, LBJ Brian Rudder last night coming up in our Flex 30 segment on this uh, weekend of UIL uh, Girls Regional Tournament weekend. And uh, boys uh, area around the playoff. Clean, uh, clean up from our number one stoner talking about this. Lady Kevorkian is the Florida woman there because of <laughs> what happened with that deal. So, yeah. Um, somebody said, is falling to your death a freak skydiving accident? Seems like the most obvious accident there is for that sport. Yeah, Craig, Maybe that you, might did, be from the Department of Redundancy Department. I'm not sure. Did you use the word pre- precipice today, Craig? On the precipice of something. Okay. Why? Stoner said that uh, you used the word precipice today. I did. Before I put the headset on. I did. I did. Uh, Sometimes I wonder and think, there's no way that's a word. Precipice? Yeah. It's on the edge. It just sounds... On the verge of. It just always sounds like it's being mispronounced to me. Precipice? Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's tongue twisters. Okay. But sometimes I do think that that's, there's no way that's a real word. Okay. So I, uh, I'm right. Somebody said Uve lives on one of the big hills between Wimberley and Dripping Springs. We were talking about Uve Blob, yeah. And uh, Roger had told so, me that so he was So Uve Blob, there. is he the Ric Flair of Wimberley? Lives on the the biggest house, on the biggest hill, on the rich side of town? Uh, yeah, <laughs> who knows? Somebody said, I was listening to Taste of Honey the other day, and all I kept hearing was inconceivable. <laughs> Got a little Herb Alpert. Hey, well, it's a great show. Like I said, if you ever get to see him, I mean, he's in his mid-80s, but uh, still touring and still uh, blowing that horn really, really uh, well. Um Somebody else said, I'm accustomed to listening to 105.3 FM for softball radio. Is this a no-go this weekend because of equipment problem? No, 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 no. It's good. Different different equipments and things. We had the the ice storm. Let me let me update folks on, on a couple can I, of things. Before you do that, can I just say that I botched the Ric Flair deal? It's the biggest house on the biggest, biggest. hill on the biggest side of town. There you go. It's where the nature boy lives. Okay. So, All right. My bad. All right. Um, uh, <coughs> I... Yesterday we had the long diatribe explaining all the ESPN Plus versus Longhorn Network and all that other kind of stuff. This will be much shorter. Uh, but uh, let me just update folks on uh, things. When we had uh, the really bad weather moving a couple of weeks ago and the ice, icy conditions, on there was damage done uh, to uh, our equipment that operates all of the stations, really, because they were all off the air for a time. I mean, Cameron Parker... 
lived up here for a bit, didn't you? Did you do basically? A, yeah, you did the Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat without the perks, didn't you? Basically, and it got, and, and how cold did it get in here? Ty said it was when he came in for B and E. Mm-hmm. It was about forty-seven degrees. How about that? How about how about Cam in here in forty-seven degree weather? What, what, I mean, you had a sleeping bag, right? Yeah. Okay. And he had coats and stuff like that. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Besides Aaron Hogan waking me up at four in the morning trying to get in when the door was when the door is open. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So all of the stations, as as many homes and businesses over in the Westlake Hills area, suffered a lot of damage due to the ice storms and fallen uh branches and limbs and things like that. So all of the stations in the building were intermittently in and out. The ones who suffered the most damage, uh the equipment were uh, 105.3 FM, 105.3 The Bat, and also our AM 1260 and 101.9 signals. Uh, and those were the last ones to get up and operational and that sort of thing. And that's why we shifted a couple of programs of women's basket, two women's basketball games mm-hmm. to the Horn and Vic Schaefer's first of his three Longhorn Weekly shows. We shifted that to it. So they've been up and running again. Uh, 105.3 The Bat is fine. We we did uh, Vic's show there the other night. Uh, we had the women's game uh, last Sunday uh, on 105.3 The Bat. It's fine. And you'll hear softball this afternoon. Good matchup, by the way. Texas and 10th-ranked Virginia Tech, number 9, number 10, uh, as part of the Lone Star State Invitational going on at McCombs Field this weekend. Andrew Haynes on the call, 345 airtime, 4 o'clock. First pitch coming from the circle over at McCombs. So 105.3 The Bat is fine. And uh, the women's game tomorrow uh, at 1 o'clock at OU will be on 105.3 The Bat. And then uh, there'll be back-to-back softball games uh, afterwards, I believe, at 4 and 6.30, I believe those are, uh, tomorrow. So you've got that. So so the bat signal, if you will, uh, is fine. Where there is ongoing work going on is with our AM 1260 and 101.9 signals. We've had uh, different things that happen, technical issues and things. Uh, so at the moment, and, and especially, and I know if you live up in Williamson County, you can definitely test this out. Uh, the 101.9 signal should be fine. The 1260 could intermittently go in and out. So there's, you know, because of that, uh, just remember, the 1019 signal is all right right now, but the AM1260 may go in and out. Now, that would affect the baseball game broadcast tomorrow, uh, the reception of it, because uh, tomorrow the men's basketball game is on the horn. It's on 1049 and on Coke FM. So baseball is going to be on AM1260 and on 1019. It is possible that there might be some intermittent outage on 1260. 101.9 is still working. And if you're in the ballpark, yes, the ballpark frequency is alive and well at 87.7 FM. So if you're going to the game and many, many, in fact, when I was just out during the break, some folks said, did somebody call and ask, will the ballpark frequency be up and running? Yes, it will be. It will be. And it'll be on 87.7 FM. So uh, that, that'll be the case there. So we're you know doing our best and covering all the bases as best we can in this big overlap time of year with men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, and softball going on. So there you go. Just just wanted to get you updated on that. Um, so two two small tidbits here. Um, and, and by the way, somebody said listen to 101.9, loud and clear in Granger. How about that? 
Uh, two small tidbits I yes. messed up on here. One, uh, I thank you, Texter, for correcting me. Robert, thank you, sir. Um, Hillary's fiance in the Fresh Prince when Trevor died, it was a botched bungee jump, not a botched skydiving. Oh, okay. So that was my bad okay. for that. And then yesterday, I texted Chad and Zay, because did you hear about the album swap segment they've been doing? Yes. So yesterday was good. Chad had to listen to an ODB album. Zay had to listen to a Def Leppard album. And How'd that all go notes. down? Were they okay with that? Yeah. Zay gave, uh, what was it, Hysteria, I think, was the Def Leppard album. Gave it very high marks. Okay. Um, I thought it was an episode of, because the, the ODB album that Chad listened to, it had his... Uh, state of new york like his welfare card his food stamps card on the uh-huh. front it was like a legit deal and i thought it was an episode of mtv's diary but apparently it wasn't it was just a bit on mtv where odb went to pick up his food stamps mm-hmm. for the month yeah and did so he pulled up in a limo and Ooh. went to the food stamp office and collected his food stamps okay all right they didn't question that <laughs> no. how about your ride no. man it was, it was it was a legit deal okay uh i sent a song this morning to zay uh, because, you know, when, when he bumps back from breaks, there's songs that Chad may or may not know. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's one that he might – I know he'll recognize the tune. He might not necessarily remember the artist or whatever. Uh, it was a Yacht Rock tune, so I, I sent that to him. So Zay said he will look into it, so maybe he might be bumping back from that. If you hear a specific Yacht Rock tune, and you'll know it if you hear it, I'll tell you right now, it's not Toto, so and it's not Michael McDonald either, So and it's not Christopher Cross, so we just get three of the standards out of the way, mm-hmm. uh, But if and not Kenny Loggins either, if you're looking for a Mount Rushmore. By the way, I asked uh, Rodney Terry last night. By the way, I, Danger Zone's still a terrible song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, a fan submitted a question. We had some great fan questions last night because Brock Cunningham was on with us. And the mayor. most of the fans want to know if Brock was going to grow back the mustache. And he said, probably not. Uh, he did, just, did Brock wear his jorts to the pluckers? He did not. However, one of the questions was for Rodney was, would you consider an alternate uniform for Brock's final game next year, since he's going to play one more year, that involves jorts? Well, that would be a conference game. And if you're in the thick of the conference title race, I don't think uniform bits or gimmicks would be yeah. top of mind there. That's, that's, that's true on that. So, yeah, it might be on that. But uh, one of the questions that a fan asked was, it was one of the students, wanted to know, ask Rodney Terry if you had a coaching, a personal coaching Mount Rushmore, who would you put on it? A, mm-hmm. a, a personal coaching Mount Rushmore. Not who you believe belongs on it. John Wood and Adolph yeah, Rupp, right, like right. who, yeah. you know. Who, who your personal? His personal one uh, he had Tubby Smith on it. Okay. He had John Thompson on it. He had, um, I'm trying to remember the third one, but the fourth one he was like, gee whiz, I'm not exactly sure who to go with. And I started naming off all these different iconic coaches, and he he said Dean Smith because he had read his bio, and Dean was a very progressive thinker mm-hmm. uh, back in the day and, and uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, other uh, cleanup. From hour number one, uh, the wife reminds me, Linda reminds me, that dollar bread thing from H-E-B, it's for French bread. Oh, nice. The dollar French bread. Yeah. So it's 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 big. So it's, yeah, um, that sort of deal. So, uh, and it's not air supply, Gene Watson. Gene, <laughs> listening to that, asking about the, <laughs> People know where I stand with that. Uh, uh, CB says, the guy who wrote Danger Zone, 
died, and he died yesterday. Wow, did not know that. Um, so anyway, there's there's a couple of uh, a couple of things. Somebody else had a couple other. There was a couple of other. Uh, um, oh, Nick in San Angelo, his favorite Maverick was Brad Davis when he played for those uh, Dallas Mavericks. Um, I did recommend the HEB 1905 vanilla ice cream, and Concordia Kevin says it's excellent. I, I agree with that. have some in my freezer at home, in fact. Um, I know there was something else. Somebody asked a question, and it was a high school-related question. Um, well, if I, if I find it, I'll... Uh, I'll come across it and I'll mention it. Uh, Mike asked me, what would I be doing for a living if I didn't have the voice? Uh, if I if I wasn't doing the games, uh, you know, I've, I've often said maybe I might be a history teacher or something like that if I wasn't, you know. Uh, it, Tom it, Whitlock co-wrote uh, Danger Zone yeah. and Take My Breath Away. And he's the one who passed away. Yes. Giorgio, Giorgio Moroder was the composer for uh, some stuff on the Top Gun soundtrack, including Danger Zone. And and um, Take My Breath Away, both of which came from that, obviously. Berlin. Berlin. Uh, That's it. You know, we're talking about, the other day we were talking about movies that don't hold up. The original Top Gun doesn't hold up to me. As a matter of fact, I think it's a bad movie. When you say, that. we've had this conversation before, when you say something doesn't hold up, what needs to be in play for it to quote unquote hold up, not just like data references. It needs to have. If it was funny in nineteen ninety one, yeah, it still needs to make me laugh now. If it, if the if the action was intense in nineteen eighty seven, it it needs to be intense now. Okay, you, know? you didn't think the action sequences in the original Top Gun are intense today? It wasn't the action; it was just the acting. And and honestly, if I'm being a hundred percent honest. If you put anybody in the female lead other than Kelly McGillis, that movie had a real chance. Yeah, Kelly McGillis pretty much ruined the movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm being I'm being 100 percent honest. Like it was just it how was, did she ruin the movie for she, you? It was unconvincing. It was just it was there was just not a whole lot happening there. Okay, okay. So and it, and it went a long way towards ruining the movie for me. All right, uh, that's the worst feeling. You know, isn't that the worst feeling, Craig? When you leave a movie feeling like, man, it had a chance to to just. Take that leap over. Take that step over the line from mediocre to good. It just got right up to that line, and it just never never quite went there. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I follow That's you. the worst feeling leaving a movie. Like, if you're leaving a bad movie, then it's just, yeah. more often than not, it's just objectively bad. Uh, Cooter said, I can totally see Craig as a history teacher, not unlike Ben Stein in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller? Bueller? When President Reagan was over there, he was calling voodoo, anybody, voodoo, voodoo, anyone, anyone, voodoo economics. Yeah. CWB Day Twins says, wow, not sure if I can listen to your opinion about anything now. Well, I mean, hey, we've all got our things uh, we see, like there and you things go. we don't like. Uh, somebody went to HEB for the first time the other day. Finally, a couple of stores in the DFW area. The hype is real. The tortillas are amazing. They are. Those are good tortillas. I, now, I, you know, having grown up with a grandmother who made homemade tortillas, you, I can tell you the You have difference. a discerning taste. My palate knows the difference between a real tortilla and a fake tortilla. That's so, how I am with lasagna. So the HEB, the HEB tortillas definitely hit the spot. They, uh, they get the job. Done. CB wanting to know if the Creamy Creations Turtle Pecan Cluster is still there. I haven't checked that. I'll look, CB, the next time I'm there. 
Uh, somebody said, this is the same guy who thinks Metallica's turned the pages better than the original. <laughs> Letting you know that. How I mean, about it, that? It and is, you and I I'm are always wrong. going to it agree. Is. I'm not wrong about no, that. No, no, you're flat dead wrong about that. You know, that. sometimes I, on my football takes, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is my opinion. No, I think that one I am right. Speaking of which, last night after Longhorn Weekly, Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're going to play a little bit of sound from Rondy Terry here, and we we do have Mike Roach coming up as well. Yes, I'm driving home and I'm listening to the Blitz. Mm-hmm. I that was that was um, vintage vintage Rod Babers uh, fired up animated rant in full force <laughs> last night. I hadn't heard that from from Roderick in a while. I have not heard that, and he was on. The role. Well, because you, you, didn't you get you guys took some correspondence well, from someone named Marcus I, who thought you were being a little heavy in your criticism. Yeah, I, long story short, I got a, a, a Instagram message from somebody, who basically said that uh, we were being biased against Steve Sarkeesian in our takes that we weren't giving Sark a fair shot. And how were they hearing that if you're recording a podcast? Or was it live at the time when they heard it? No, this was after the fact. Like I after our, one of our recent episodes. I aired, see. And they, they'd heard it. Yeah, I got you. They heard it. So they sent me and said, I think you guys are being a little harsh against Sark. And so, um, actually, let me, I'll just read the message to you. This is from, from a gentleman named Marcus sent this to me. He said, I listened to the Longhorn Blitz and I love it. However, in my opinion, it seems like y'all are biased against Sark. Y'all critique him as if he's coaching an NFL team. How many college offenses are doing the things that you criticize Sark for not doing? It was mentioned that Sark underutilized Bijan in the running game, used Sark, quote, Sark's quote against him. Yet K. Robinson, Keelan Robinson was used, Roshan was used, and Bijan was used. So one could argue the running back position was not underused in the running game. It seems like y'all compare Texas offense to NFL offenses, talking about what San Francisco does. That seems unfair. You can look at Texas and see this is a better put together team than we've had in decades. It just seems like only Thorn and not enough roses come from Longhorn Blitz. So, and I know we got to hit the break. I know we're mm. up against, we're way past time. But basically my thing was, we talk about Kyle Shanahan and Lincoln Riley and, and Sean McVay, you know, the elite play callers in football, because when Sark was hired, that was one thing that was said, hey, he's an elite play caller. Well, yeah. I think he's an elite play designer. I don't think there's any question about that. Elite play caller? No, I don't think I can call you an elite play caller when we've seen some of the second half situations happen the way they've happened and then the failure to make adjustments and things like that. So basically, and basically, Rod backed it up with when Rod tells you something, and Craig, you know this, nobody studies more film or takes more meticulous notes than Rod does. So it's not just a take that's coming off the cuff out of left field like you'd see on the screen that people shows. It is a a measured, a researched, a well thought out take that Rod Babers is bringing to you. I could not agree more with that. There are times in listening, because I, I listen to you guys every week. I really enjoy it. There are times that I think the three of you walk the tightrope by drowning in your own information on some of the stuff as it relates to your take. However, however, it's not for lack of homework and education on the topic. You guys study it with a deep dive that nobody else does. Yeah. And that, and and in that I will never dispute that. Always always agree with that. I also find it interesting too. And you did a great job with this. You guys outlining. You were talking about offense. You were talking about offense. All of those coaches you met that mentioned that are those great offensive minds, including the guy who coaches the the team that I root for in the NFL. They are all spectacular offensive minds. They have all had issues with their defense as well. Yeah. You weren't talking about defense. Right. You were talking about offense. I'm just saying they've had it in terms of the great coaching minds 
it goes to the defense. And the 49ers had good defense. Yeah. No, no doubt. Might have had the best defense in the yeah. league. Yeah. But they got they got worked in the NFC Championship game as well. The Eagles had some really significant drives in addition to the problems they had with Brock Purdy being in. Right. They ran out of quarterbacks. They ran out of quarterbacks. But their defense also didn't stand up when they needed to and gave up drives to the Eagles for touchdowns. That was the uh, that was the other point there. And and that was that's one isolated thing. The other guys I mean, Lincoln Riley's never going to be accused of being a great defensive mind. No, <laughs> you know it's just it, it's just the way that. But is. And, and it's funny because I got two Instagram messages after our recent yeah. episode went live. One said that one said that no, I do. I think Rod specifically is biased against Sark. And then the very next no. message I got was, I don't think you guys are hard enough on yeah, Sark. Yeah, right, so right, I was right, like, right. Okay, that's you know that's what that, where we you are. Know, that puts you in rare company. It's like the guy that got really mad at Vin Scully, the Giants fan, and said. I don't like that Scully. He's too fair. That's what he said one time. So anyway, that's. It, it, I wanted to let you know how much I enjoyed that last night. It was, it was good stuff. Good stuff. You, you guys, if you haven't heard the Blitz podcast, you need to give it a listen. All right, coming up, speaking of Longhorns, we're going to hear from Rodney Terry. We we do have a Flex 30 update. We're going to hear from Rodney Terry. And, and we're going to check in with Mike Roach. All of that still to come when we continue to light the tower on the horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Light the Tower with Craig Webb and Jeff Howe. Well, Jeff wanted it, so he got it. We got some danger zone from Kenny Loggins on this. So, it's something you probably. I'd rather slam my testicles in a desk drawer. Yeah, okay, all right. I saw Jeff's reaction when the music started. I'm like, yes. If I didn't like you, if I didn't like you so much, Cameron, I'd come back into that production room. Uh, before we get to our Longhorn notebook, it is time for a Flex Thirty update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay. Uh, I should let you guys know before we get to the basketball. You know, Cameron Parker does a lot of uh, has a wide array and variety of broadcast opportunities he does with high school. You've done what? Water polo, right? Swimming, swimming, swimming. and diving. All right, swimming and diving. And you've done volleyball. Volleyball, baseball, basketball, softball, football, pretty much everything under the sun. All right, here's your next opportunity. This weekend is the UIL. It's state tournament time for mariachi. Ooh. Just letting you know. It's in Seguin. Mariachi Festival underway. Well, that could be fun. I, I know. I don't know how to call that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, by the way, they do have robotics, you know. Yes, I, I'm aware of that. Yeah, they have robotics. Mm-hmm. You should be a judge for that. 
Elmer robot. robot. I want to say as far away from that as okay. possible. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, because you know why? Because the second place robot, they, they, they're coming for me first when the robot war pops <laughs> off. Because so you I didn't want, vote for it. I want nothing to do with that. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, girls uh, playoff brackets uh, continue. And uh, the uh, down to the regional tournament. And uh, the respective regional tournament uh, includes... As we pointed out, both of the Pflugerville schools that are in there in 5A, Pflugerville against Hendrickson yep. in the uh, in the regional. They could meet in the regional final. That'd be pretty That'd cool. Be a great it? game. It'd be great. You had the boys game area round last night in Giddings. He did not stop at the mini Buckies because that was further east of town, but he went on up there to the Giddings gym for LBJ and Rudder High of Brian. Brian Rudder against LBJ. So how about that deal? It was a very physical but sloppy game. It was the court was filled with a bunch of athletic guys, and most of those guys are football D one commits. Kevin Holmes, a Texas A and M, uh, Kingsville football commit. Noah Baker going to Commerce. Uh, Trey McCutcheon going to Houston. You have Jaquan McGee out there. So it was it was sloppy though. And one of the best moments of the game, Roy was able to beat LBJ fifty seven to fifty three thanks to Kevin Holmes dropping wow. twenty five points, but. In the moment, in the game, Rudder has this point guard name of Randon Cooks. We talked about Randon, Brandon, and Landon, right? Randon Cooks, five foot five point guard, foul called against uh, LBJ, or called against Sam Rather, and so he's kind of frustrated. He goes into the front court while the free throw shooter for LBJ is shooting, and the LBJ fan says, "Number three, stop complaining." Stop complaining, number three, and it's a small gym, as you know, Craig. It goes about five rows yeah. up, so you can hear everything in this gym. And, of course. And Randon looks looks at her, and she says it again, you know, quit complaining. He turns and points to the scoreboard. At that point, it was an 11-point game, right? And so she hollers back. I forget who missed the three throw. He comes in, gets the offensive rebound from the front court, and puts up a putback, scores, and the entire time back, just giving her the death stare. It was a hilarious moment oh, of why you wow. don't talk trash to a player who can definitely hear you. Yeah. But LBJ just c- could not stop. They couldn't really get over themselves. There's a lot of bad turnovers. And Jaquan McKee had three fouls by the second quarter, and he was guarding Kevin Holmes, who was a six foot five, just a big, big kid. So it, it was a tough game for LBJ. Unfortunately, their season comes to an end, but Rudder on to the next round. And they're going to face the winner of the matchup between Belton and Connolly. Yeah. So they're playing tonight. And the winner of that will go to the regional tournament at Cy Fair. So uh, uh, that's at the, at the Campbell Center there at uh, Cy Fair. So uh, that's uh, among there's you know regional activity, uh, regional semifinals and finals this weekend for girls, area round for the boys. All right, so there it is. And uh, there's your Flex 30 update. Time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock. Your home loan expert. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. This was a comment that uh, Rodney Terry had last night. To your point, Jeff, Jonathan Chamwachachua back on the floor for the Baylor Bears. So that's something the Longhorns did not encounter in the first meeting. And I asked him about uh, Jonathan Chamwachachua uh, and uh, what uh, he gives Baylor and the challenge it presents for Texas. 
Uh, you have the Baylor Bears this Saturday. Uh, you won the first game against them. We started off when we were talking about the Bears last time. Uh, it, there's so many different guys you can go down the road with, but I guess a good place to start is Flackler, Cryer, George, the uh, the three uh, guards who make such a big difference for them. You just kind of pick your poison. Yeah, yeah, right. I yeah. Mean, this is uh, this trio of guards is probably the best trio of guards in the nation in terms of scoring the basketball. They're they're, they're really really good. They're a terrific group. They play really good together, and and uh, they can really score the ball. I mean, they're going to put a tremendous challenge on us from a defensive standpoint to try to guard these guys. Uh, um, you know, Scott Drew's done an incredible job. I mean, they won a national championship and, you know, has an elite level program. A lot of respect for, for Baylor and what they've been able to do over the course of the years. And, uh, man, they're going to be they're going to cause a lot of problems. I, I, they're they're going to have a little bit different look than when you saw them back on January 30th because they have Jonathan Chama Chachua back on the floor as well. He's been a weapon in the past and he's just come off injury, but he had a double-double the other night, so we're already starting to see him affect the game. I think better known as Everyday John by Fran Fischella, but uh, but no, he uh, he impacts their team. He's really worked on his shot. He's shooting the ball at a very high clip. Uh, he's a guy that's going to really crash the glass. He gives them some physicality. A really good player, and he's really a great energy guy that comes in and gives them an emotional leader as well in terms of a guy that comes in and can change the game on both ends of the floor. Yeah, so that's what they'll have to encounter. Again, 12.30 tomorrow and uh, 1 o'clock is the uh, tip-off. You can hear it here on the horn. And right now we're going to encounter on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. It's been a minute since we caught up with him, but uh, he's here for his regular Friday chat. Catch up with him for a few minutes on everything going down on the 40 Acres. You can get him on Twitter at Mike Roach 247 If you are a Longhorn Blitz podcast subscriber, you know you get the State of Recruiting podcast whenever it drops. If you're not, just search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcast and click that follow button. You can always get him at Horns247.com. He is our recruiting editor, Mike Roach. Mike, thanks as always for the time. How are you today, sir? I'm good, Charles. How are y'all? Terrific. Terrific. Mike, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, I know you and and Hudson Standish, nobody better in the Texas market covering recruiting than you guys. Uh, There's been a lot of offers in the class of 2024. The junior day was a couple of weeks back. As you started to really get your footing and dig in on the 2024 class, any trends emerging, positions of of note for you? Kind of what's your 30,000-foot view as it relates to Texas in the 2024 cycle right now? Um, I'm waiting for more guys to emerge this spring because I don't think this is as strong of a class talent-wise as 2023 was. Um, but there are still some, you know, some really good players and some really uh, big priorities for Texas. I think that, uh, you know, for me, I've probably got my eye on defensive line and um, I would say probably the cornerback position um, as big areas of need this year in areas where they have guys that, that they can go get and that can make an impact. So um, it's kind of just sorting all that out. The funny thing is, you know, we, I always remember, I, I, I tend to always remember this is there's guys who are right now who, you know, if you talk to sources at Texas are massive priorities and in a month they won't be. And that's just the way kind of spring goes. I think that um, we, we, sometimes we hone in too much early on guys in the, in the spring season and then the evaluation period comes and things change and boards always moving. So um, I try not to get too, zoomed in on any one guy yeah mike piggybacking on that does it seem like that might be more the case this year because you're right every year there's maybe some guys that are on the radar in, in january and february that by the time you get to the summer really aren't anymore it just seems like i don't know if volatility is the right word if volatile is the right word but it just seems like there could be a lot of movement in what that recruiting board in sark's office looks like right now uh, in, in two or three months it could look completely different we might have, did we lose Mike? Yeah, I think we lost Mike there. 
Um, okay. Um, we'll work to get him back. We'll work to uh, get him back as we uh, head toward the home stretch uh, of the program here. By the way, one other thing I've been meaning to uh, get to. Somebody texted in on the, when we were talking about HEB on the text line. They said the best thing at HEB is the rotisserie chicken. You're not a chicken a, guy. Not a bad call. It's not a bad call. It's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. In fact, Linda has picked that up sometimes when she's like mixed it in with a pasta dish or some other dish as well. So I think we got Mike yes, back. Yes, Mike is back. Mike, you uh, you you hear us? You read us loud and clear? Yeah, I'm good. I don't know what happened. I'm just sitting here in my living room and the call drops. So no worries, all good. Uh, no, but kind of piggybacking on what you were saying a minute ago about the uh, maybe the volatility. Uh, in the 24th cycle. Can you remember a cycle, or, or, or do you think this one has the, the potential for more volatility just in terms of the recruiting board for Texas and even guys that you and Hudson have on the radar? What it looks like now could look drastically different by the time you get to you know when official visits start in June. Yeah, and I don't know that it's any more different than any other cycle. I just think the evaluation period changes so much. There's guys that you know the staff seems to love right now, and then They'll go see them in the spring or they'll, they'll get them on campus for something and, and get a look at them and, you know, things change or other guys pop up. It's just kind of the, the way it works. So, um, you know, I think there's always volatility. I think getting – obviously, you know, the elite guys are going to remain the elite guys and, and the priorities on the board. But when you're talking about, like, your kind of middle tier of guys, those are the ones that you may think that, hey, the staff loves them right now. Um, and, and there are guys that I think right now they would take a commitment from, and that commitment's probably not going to be valid in June, you know, if they've got to wait. So um, that's the thing is I just try never to get too zoomed in on, on on those guys. How big is that, Mike, for the staff? Because I, I've covered recruiting cycles at Texas where, you know, the staff might, and I'm not saying Sark staff, but there were staffs in the past where they might evaluate guys and really like them in February and, kind of stay true to that evaluation and then by the time you get those guys on campus you probably wish okay maybe we hadn't recruited this guy um is it a good thing that that sark and, and the staff are as fluid and as, as adjustable as malleable as as they have been over these cycles in terms of hey yeah we might have liked that kid two months ago but now we we just like somebody else better yeah i mean it's the like i say all the time the evaluation process is ongoing it's 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 always happening and so uh <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's not to say they uh, they don't have those guys themselves that they get and, and and get into situations in the fall where they're like, well, we might have you know probably waited on this guy. But I think for the most part, they've been really good about uh, having thorough evaluations, making sure that they, they feel really comfortable with the guy. I mean, I know of situations where they could have had commitments early and just weren't quite sure on on a kid. So um, you know, I I think that that's the biggest thing that that if you could stay fluid and, and let that evaluation process play out, you're going to end up with better players in the long run. Again, you can get them on Twitter at Mike Roach 247. Get, uh, get that State of Recruiting podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Horns 247. You can find all of his work, his outstanding work at Horns 247. Nobody better in the Texas market covering recruiting than Hudson Standish and our recruiting editor, Mike Roach. Mike, uh, sorry it was a short one, but uh, hopefully, hopefully we can do the, uh, the full deal again next week. All right, sounds good. You guys have a good weekend. Thank you, Mike. All right, that's Mike Roach. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. That's going to wrap it up for today's program. I'll be out on Monday at, uh, as I am um, 
emceeing the Texas High School Coach Association's uh, annual leadership summit in Arlington. But uh, Jeff will be here on Monday. Cameron and I get to act a fool on Monday. You have the green light. Go right ahead and do that. Cam, you heard him. (laughs) You heard him. (laughs) Chad and Zay are up next. We'll uh, visit with you next time. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll visit with you next time on Life of Tower.